bless your name, Jesus. Such a wonderful, precious spirit of the Lord that's here tonight. And I'd like to bring a, a message from the Word of God for a few moments before we go home tonight. How many were here this morning and got to hear the teaching on the, the oneness of God? I hope that that helped you and blessed you and strengthened you, encouraged you. Praise God. God is good, isn't he? Tonight I'm going to the gospel according to Luke chapter 12, and I'm going to begin reading in just a moment from verse 48. If you'd like to stand in honor of the word, you may certainly do that as we read the text, and then we'll be seated. Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? For the next few moments, with your help and with God's blessing, I want to preach to you on this subject, level up and be blessed. Let's lift our voices and let's give God the praise. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We're thankful for what you're doing tonight in this house. We know that the presence of God is here to deliver and to save, to heal. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come tonight. Believe in you, God, for great things. Praise God. In the mighty name of Jesus, you may be seated. Now, let me just say at the very beginning, I am not a gamer. But I am told that in gaming, to level up means to progress to the next level. Is that correct? So when you say level up, you're saying you're progressing to the next level in that game. You level up the power and your weapons increase. I understand that when you level up, you have to concentrate to level up. You have to pick up your game and concentrate on getting better or you will stay at the same level. This has been on my mind now for several days. The scripture, for unto, unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. And I do believe I've heard the voice of the Holy Ghost saying to somebody, it's time to level up. Jesus Christ said, I am come to send fire on the earth. Jesus Christ is ready to send Holy Ghost fire upon the earth. 
Listen to me tonight. I know the devil would not want you to hear what I'm going to say. There is an unprecedented move of God. In spite of the gas prices, in spite of the economy right now, in spite of the social dilemma that our nation is in, there is an unprecedented end-time revival fire that is already kindled. God is ready to bless you more than you've ever been blessed. I do not believe that God's people are going to go bust. I believe that God is going to bless his people. And the Holy Ghost is calling, calling to level up. Let me ask you this question. How badly do you want to be used by God? Is there anybody here tonight that has a desire to be used of the Lord? Well, let me tell you something. Hear me carefully. Average and mediocre are pits along the path to amazing. It's so easy to stop at mediocrity. It's so easy to stop at average. But those are pits along the path to what God has called you to do. They are easy to fall into. It takes no effort to settle for average. It takes no effort to settle for mediocre. Mediocrity is easy. It's so easy that you can do it with very little effort. You can do it basically with your mind on something else. But God is calling this church, God is calling you and I to pick up our game for the kingdom of God. There's no way around sacrifice if you're going to level up. There's no way that you're going to do what God has called you to do without sacrifice being involved. Noah and his family sacrificed their time, their talent, and treasure. And the end result was they built an ark that saved mankind from extinction. Abraham left the comforts of home and family to obey the call of God. And he dwelt in tents with his son Isaac. He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. What God has in store for you will not happen on autopilot. What God has in store for you will not happen as you give God less than your best. Moses traded his Egyptian palace for a tent in the desert so he could partner with God. Think about what Moses saw when he stretched his rod over the sea and the wind began to blow and a path was made through the sea. Think about what Moses witnessed when he threw his walking stick down and it became a serpent. Think about what Moses, the things, the miracles, that water that flowed out of the rock, quail that fell from heaven, and manna fell from heaven, all because Moses walked away from his Egyptian palace and was willing to walk into a desert and gave it all he had. And because he did, he delivered a nation from slavery. Can you answer a question for me, please? Why is Satan fighting you so hard? Why is he trying 
with all his might to get you off your game. Why are there so many distractions? Distractions galore. Why does he want you to be disunified and out of sync with the will of God? Why is he offering you alternatives? I believe it's because he's hoping that you will lose your vision. Another thing I'm noticing the devil is doing right now, he's attacking people's self-confidence. Making them feel fearful and afraid. There's a special kind of confidence that's required to make it to the top. So do not be surprised that devil would attack your self-confidence and make you try to make you feel like a loser. There's a certain amount of self-confidence that's required to get where God wants you to go. And there is a miracle that God is ready to do in your life. I believe there's multiple miracles that God is ready to do in our lives. I believe somebody under the sound of my voice is going to become a star soul winner. Winning souls on the left and right. Witnessing and preaching the gospel. I believe with all of my heart that Satan is scared of you. Therefore, he's trying to scare you. Somebody right here and right now has been called of God that will help many souls. Everybody say many. Many. Escape the flames of hell. You're coming out of mediocrity. You're coming out of the average. You're coming out of the mundane. I don't care if you're a senior citizen or if you're one of these young people sitting on the front row. As far as God's concerned, age is meaningless. But what God is looking for is for someone who will say, all right, I think I hear the call of God. I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to say yes to what he wants me to do. I don't have to sit back and be mediocre or average. You hear me when I tell you that God wants you to become the largest truth-preaching, spirit-filled, holy-living, Christian-loving church in central Maine. I want you to change, and, and, and with me, I want you to lift up your eyes. I feel like God is going to save thousands. God is going to save thousands. I have a, a, another set of plans sitting on my desk right now for an auditorium that will hold a lot more than we have right now. What is going on? God is ready to make an impact on the Kennebec Valley. He's ready to make an impact on the state of Maine. And not only just in the state of Maine, but around the world. We have a young lady right now 
that has gone to Madagascar because she said, I want to be used of God. Well, everybody else is out doing their thing. I'm going to go do missions work for a couple months in the nation of Madagascar. I feel like God has a lot of people in this group right here and online with us that he's ready to use in a supernatural way. God called, and Noah said yes. God called, and Abraham said yes. God called, and Moses said yes. And tonight, God is calling, and I'm asking you, will you please say yes to God? We're living right now in a time which the devil is trying to to disunify and distract and get everybody going off and doing their own thing. Because God can't and won't bless that. But when people say, all right, I'm getting in line with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to do what the, the voice, we talked about this last Wednesday night, obeying the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. Too many people are crashing and burning because they're not hearing and obeying the voice of God. There's a lot of voices out there that are calling, and all of them are trying to take control. They're trying to get you to follow the direction, but there is that still small voice of God. And if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, by now you should be able to realize when God is speaking and when God is not speaking... Somebody say yes, unequivocally yes, without reservations, yes. God is calling you to level up, and I promise you will never be sorry, never. I've never stood beside a dying saint and heard them say, I'm just so sorry I overdedicated. I've never stood in the room while someone was passing and heard them complain bitterly about how much time they gave to God or how much effort they made for God or how much money they gave to God. I've never heard that once and I don't believe I will ever hear it ever. All I've heard is, uh, I wish I would have done more for God. Uh, I wish I could do more for God. I want to be more involved in the work of God. Well, let me tell you something. If you're willing, God is willing to use you. If you're willing to say, God, here I am. I place myself on the altar. It's not what I want. It's not what I like. It's not what my favorite thing is to do. God, I'm only here for this little short time. And while I'm here, I want to do something that's going to cause souls to be saved. I want to reach out to people who are lost. I want my family saved. I want my neighbors saved. I want my co-workers saved. Hey, folks, God has called us. He's called us, and somebody needs to say yes. You were greatly blessed and highly favored But I believe with all of my heart that you have seen nothing yet. I believe you're greatly blessed and highly favored. But I believe that there's greater blessings and greater favor coming. And God's just looking for someone that's willing to partner with him. Somebody that's willing to say, God, I'm going to put you first in my life. God, you're number one. Everything else is going to have to come after that. But you're number one. 
Get your eye on the ball. Zero in on the mission. Don't allow the devil to trick and trap you. Listen, he loves nothing more than for you to sit there feeling disunified. He loves nothing more than for you to feel disenfranchised from your church family. He loves nothing more than for you to feel unworthy and unwanted. You have to go out of your way to do what God has called you to do. To be a faithful team member is going to take some exercise of faith and sacrifice. But the number one thing in my life is to do the work of God. That's the number one thing in my life. I do not resent the sacrifice I make for God's kingdom. You're never going to hear me saying, oh man, I just wish I didn't have to preach. My God, I have to preach again. You're not going to hear me saying, well, I really don't want to go over and pray for that lady, but I will. No, I thank God for the blessing to be able to serve the Lord. It's the number one thing in my life. I understand that unto whomsoever much is given of him, much shall be required. Listen, many of you understand the Bible like few other people in this city. Many of you understand the Bible like few other people in the whole Kennebec County. And to whom much is given, much shall be required. In other words, if we're going to see this revival, and I believe that we are, then we're going to have to realize that there's much required. I can't be just doing what I want to do and see the work of God go forward. I've got to say, God, here I am. I want to give you all. I will not resent the sacrifice that I make for the kingdom of God. Listen, I cannot stand up here and take away the cost of discipleship. If I could stand up here and say, and wave a wand and say, there will be no cost of discipleship. That means you'll never get tired. You'll never have to juggle your schedule. You'll never have to sacrifice financially. You'll never have to sacrifice anything. I'm just going to take away all sacrifice. That doesn't happen. David said, I will not offer God that which costs me nothing. It's going to cost you something to level up. But I promise you this. You will never outgive the Lord. When you see your kids run into an altar. And throwing their hands up in the air. And before they can get their hands up in the air. Their mouth is stammering. And they're speaking in tongues. You know what I'm talking about. When you see God healing those that you pray for. When you pray in the name of Jesus. You'll understand what it meant. When you said God I give it all to you. The fire's already kindled. And I have a word for you. The blessings are just now beginning. And somebody in this building, somebody listening to me tonight, is going to be mightily used of God. You have radical faith. You're radically believing God. You're radically surrendering yourself to God. You're going to push yourself harder than you push anybody else. There's a great blessing that's going to affect all of central Maine, and it's going to come through you, and the world is going to be blessed in a profound way. I believe there's somebody listening to me tonight that God has great plans for. Speak His message, spirit and truth. And guess what? 
God is going to confirm his word with signs following. The numbers of believers are ready to be multiplied. And God will use your hands, your testimony, your voice. Jesus said, I am come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it be already kindled? And you know, I always thought about that in a sense of judgment. But then I realized the Holy Ghost was speaking to me and saying that he's ready to pour out Holy Ghost fire. He said, I am come to send fire on the earth. And the next thing that God wants to do is he wants to send a worldwide outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. Somebody tonight that believes me, say amen. Amen. Last Sunday when we rallied and pooled our efforts to do God's will, 18 people were filled with the Holy Ghost and fire in one single day. Do you realize that if we give that kind of effort, if everybody pulls together, and this is why the devil wants to hinder that, he wants you just to go out and do your own little thing, but when everybody pulls together and lends a hand, 18 people were filled with the Holy Ghost in one single day. I think that should become the norm. I think that's what we should be seeing all the time. I think God is ready to do it. He's just waiting for us to say, okay, God, I'm saying yes to you. I'm going to put you first in my life. You're not going to be number three on the agenda, number four on the agenda, or even number two. You're going to be number one from now on in my life. I will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That is my pledge to God. How about you? Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Now, the guy I'm going to mention right now, I'm not offering you as an example. But it just so happened today that I heard a quote from him, and I thought it was an amazing quote. You guys have probably all heard of a comedian by the name of Steve Harvey. He's an American television host, actor, writer, producer, comedian. But I didn't know that as a child, Steve Harvey had a severe stuttering problem. And it was a tremendous problem that he had to overcome to become the comedian. He's been a, a boxer. I didn't know that. He's been an auto worker, an insurance salesman, a carpet cleaner, and a mail carrier. But all the time, he had this dream. He wanted to become a comedian. He wanted to do it for a living. But the problem was, it didn't seem like it was possible. Harvey was homeless for three years. For three years, he slept in his car when not performing gigs that provided a hotel. And he showered, he said, at gas stations uh, or swimming pool showers. Today, Steve Harvey is worth $280 million. Listen to what he said, and I'm quoting him. He said, never wait on the right time, because the right time ain't ever coming. All that going to get my ducks all lined up in a row. No, you won't. No, you won't. As you have aspirations, you got to understand the devil understands your aspirations too. The devil's job, he said, is to rob you of your destiny. So there will always be an obstacle. So if you're waiting on the right time, 
You'll never make the move. You've got to go for it. And I thought, well, that's quite something coming from this guy. He said, you just got to get up and go after it and do. Because the devil's job is to rob you of your destiny. You know, light is good. But it's, it's focused light that lights a fire. You can get off, get up on your horse and ride off in every direction and never get anything done. You can be an inch deep and a mile wide and never get much done. But when you say, God has called me. I'm going to jump into this team. I am going to be a part. I'm going to be used of God. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. Light is good, but focus light is better. That's what lights a fire. I want you to ask somebody tonight. I want you to ask one, two, or three of your friends to meet you at the church to form a prayer team of intercessors. I want you to ask one, two, or three friends that would meet you at the church for an hour and do nothing but intercede before God for this city. Judgment is coming upon this city. Judgment is coming upon Maine. Judgment is coming upon the United States. But if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And I need some people to ask one, two, or three, not coming together to sit down and talk about the latest events, not coming together to talk about what you want to talk about, but coming together for one purpose, and that is to get into the Spirit and be intercessors, to pray in the Spirit. The devil hates it when the church is praying. The devil hates it when people are praying. I want somebody to go witness at one of our stores. I want you to let the Holy Ghost lead you. Take a friend with you if you can. And go to the store. And before you go in, bow your head and say, God, lead me to somebody that's hungry. It happens to me all the time. I want somebody to ask a friend. And go out and knock doors. And tell people about Jesus. Invite them to the house of God. Ask them if they'd like to have prayer. May we pray with you about something. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about it's time to level up our game. We can coast on. We can sit around and be mediocre and average. Or we can become the salt and the light that God has called us to be. And when people will begin to feel the presence of God. I have seen it happen before. And some of you have seen it happen. Where people were driving by the building. And they stopped and they said, Pastor, I don't know why I'm here. I, I was driving by and I felt drawn by the Lord to come in. I watched one time several years ago. Sister Peasley, you remember this? There was a man that walked in. We were in here praying. 
And a man came from outside and never seen him before. He walked up the aisle, and when he got up to the front, he lifted his hands and big old tears began to flow down his face, and he began to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. I'd never seen this guy before. But when the church begins to pray, when the church begins to level up, when the church begins to say, now I refuse to be taken off mission. I refuse to be distracted. I refuse to allow something to cause me not to serve God the way I need to serve God. In Jesus' name. 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 I'm not up here just preaching to hear myself preach. I'm here preaching tonight because I believe in you. I believe that God has his hand upon you. I believe that God is ready to use you in a mighty way. And it's time to level up. I want somebody to grab a Bible and a search for truth chart or an exploring God's word chart. And I want you to go teach somebody a Bible study. If you have to study one lesson ahead, that's fine. Study one lesson ahead, go teach that lesson. Go back home, study again. You get two benefits. You're sharing somebody uh, the Word of God, and you're becoming a better student of the Word yourself. So you're blessing yourself, and you're blessing them. There's people in this room that God is going to use in a mighty way. But I'm going to tell you, you remember what I'm telling you. When you don't use what God has given you, and you just sit and you just do the same old, same old, for year after year after year, something begins to die inside of you. And where you used to, somebody say, glory, you go, Now you sit there and go, oh, oh yeah. Well, he should be just about done preaching any minute now. You've heard me say this before, but I feel Holy Ghost want me to use this illustration again. When you're a little kid and your mama bought you a little blue plastic pool and it's about this deep and she filled it up with well water and you ran and you got, you stepped into that water and you go, whoa, and you ran right back out of it. And then you ran through it again. Then you ran through it, and then you slipped and fell. And pretty soon you're sitting there in ice cold water, and you're just having a whale of a time. But when you're 40 years old, there's just something about that little blue pool that doesn't do anything for you. It's like, ah, the old blue pool. When I sat on a bus many years ago and a lady asked me if I was a preacher, I said, yes, ma'am. Are you a Pentecostal preacher? Yes, ma'am. And I watched tears begin to course down her face and she said, preacher, in my church, we used to shout. In my church, uh, we used to shout hallelujah. In my church, uh, we used to run the aisles. She said, as she cried, I am the only one in my congregation that still lifts my hands. 
There's something about it when even though you've been a believer for a long time, when you stop giving out and everything's always coming in, there's something that begins to die inside of you and, and you're sitting there and, and you're bored and, and it's been a long time since you felt the presence of God like you want to feel him and, and it's been a long time since you felt that excitement that you used to feel. Why is that? Because you are a person that's been called of God to do more than just sit on a chair in the church. It's great to come into the house of God, but somebody's got to say, that's it, I'm leveling up. I'm not, only gonna, I'm not the only one that's going to be saved. I'm going to help others to be saved. There are people in this room that if you'll make the dedication, God is going to turn you into a star soul winner. I wrote it in my notes because those were the words that came to me. A star soul winner. God is going to use you in a mighty way. We got one young lady in Madagascar, but we can have some more missionaries going out from this church. But my God, somebody's got to say, all right, that's it. I'm giving myself to the work of God. I'm giving myself to serving the Lord. The demonstrators will get out and make fools of themselves. Even getting arrested and we're afraid to open our mouth and say anything. We come to the house of God and we're tired. I understand many of you are working so many hours and it's part of the day that we're living in but wherever you are on the job or whatever you're doing if you would open your mouth and begin to witness for Jesus Christ a lot of that weariness is going to leave in Rome Joe, would you come to the keyboard, please? In Rome, it was 402 A.D. The gladiator fights had been part of Roman life for almost 700 years. Probably most Romans thought there would always be gladiator fights, even though some Romans objected. It wasn't something that they did anything about and the fights persisted believe it or not Rome at this time was officially Christian Telemachus a monk who probably lived outside of Rome was known in his day as a holy man so most likely he prayed about the gladiator fights Wondering if there were some way, some way he could help in those fights. We can guess that he desired to spread God's love to the slaves who were trained to fight as gladiators. We can guess that he wanted everyone to celebrate the wonder and the joy of life. We do know that Telemachus would sit in the amphitheater seats and he would watch the gladiators doing battle and he would be praying under his breath 
But one day as he sat in the amphitheater seats, he ran down the aisle from the spectator seats. He vaulted over the dividing partition that separated the spectators from the participants. Telemachus ran into the arena and right up to the gladiators and he screamed with all of his might in the name of God stop the emperor was furious many in the crowd were furious they began to boo and throw things at Telemachus what right do you have to stop the fight They screamed. They were ready for blood. Very likely a guard pushed Telemachus away and possibly Telemachus fell. But we can imagine him getting up and turning to the crowd to say, in the name of God, I said stop. Now the crowd grew even angrier. A soldier gave an order. A sword flashed and Telemachus lay dead. Telemachus was killed that day, but he did not die in vain. For you see, there were no more gladiator fights in Rome after that day that Telemachus rose up and pressed his way from the spectator seats into the arena I am appealing to somebody in this building you are precious people there's not a one of you that I do not love but I'm calling to you tonight and I'm asking you would you press your way out of the spectator seat into the arena the cries of the lost are getting weaker your days on this earth are getting shorter the opportunity you have is now or never but pastor I'd have to make a sacrifice I won't deny that pastor that's going to take a lot of my time I won't deny that. Pastor, I'm going to have to make some changes in my lifestyle. I won't deny that. Pastor, I'm going to have to sacrifice. You're right. But God will give you back far more than you ever give. The world is slipping into chaos right now as I stand here. Politicians are all over the place. Tuesday, primary voting begins. We have this window of opportunity. 
to stand up and shine for God. If you spend all your time amassing your own wealth, you will hang your head sadly when you stand before God. Here's why. Only what we do for Christ will last. I want somebody walking up to me and say thank you. Because you witnessed to me, I'm, I'm here. I want people to be in heaven. This is hey, I know that guy. He taught me a Bible study. And I feel the Holy Ghost is ready to do a great work through you. Is there anybody tonight that would say, Lord, here I am. Use me. And you start to feel a confidence that God is going to bless you and God is going to use you. As you surrender your will to God and say, God, not my will, thy will be done. I'll be saying, you see that guy right there? I was his pastor when he made the decision. And he said, yes. See that lady right there? Look at all those souls she's won to Jesus Christ. Well, Sunday night, a long time ago, she said, Lord, whatever it takes. Who's going to form the prayer teams? Who's going to get the search for truth charts? The Bible studies? Who's going to walk to the stores, be in a Christian face, and say, something to somebody about the Lord. Who's going to knock a door? Pastor, that takes so much time, effort. I know. I know I've been at this a long time. But I wouldn't trade it for anything this world has to offer. Is there anybody in this house that would rise to their feet and say, God, I'm going to level up. I'm going to let you help me bring my game to the next level. There's somebody watching right now online. I met you in Walmart a few nights ago. I want you to know God loves you, and so do we. We had a good little talk, and I won't tell anybody who you are. anybody here that wants to be used of God you still want to be used of God more than you want anything else in the world I'm calling to somebody that's very busy 
I'm calling to somebody that you've got a lot on your plate. I know you do. I'm calling to somebody that you have to juggle your schedule to be able to do what you do. But is there anybody that would come down to the front and say, I want to be used of God like I've never been used before. Come on. I want to be used of God. I want to be the servant of the Lord. I want to work for God. Other people will build their own kingdoms, but I want to build the kingdom of God. Use me, Jesus. Boys, get a partner and go out and witness for Jesus. Girls, get a partner and go out and witness for Jesus. Moms and dads, find somebody to team up with and go witness for Jesus. Prayer warriors, I desperately need you to be praying. We need prayer cover really badly right now. Is there anybody that would consider forming a prayer team? And I mean go into intercessory prayer.